We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. Well, this is a different tone this week, a big, lopsided, dominating Buffalo Bills victory to talk about today. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Air Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you for locking in, whether you're watching this on video, whether you're listening to this on the audio side. Uh, we're recording this late afternoon Sunday, so this is dropping on the audio side Monday morning, which means, as always, on Mondays, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tone Pucks. Um, like I said, you were here for the game last Monday against the Jets. We didn't watch it together today, but uh, a completely different tone when it comes to, uh, you know, our moods going into this episode. What's going on, dude? Is is the fact that you've used tone twice now and it's my <laughs> name like lost on you because both the, no well, certainly intended. the first time that I heard it, I was like, I was like, where's he fucking going with this? You know what I mean? <laughs> different tone of thing. Uh yeah, man. Uh whole whole lot of uh different talking points and um a whole a whole different uh mood behind him man i'll i mean i said last week that you could conceivably it's, it was one of those games where you can have five to seven different type of of calls coming in um from people complaining about various things and not one of them would be wrong and the, the, you know the script is flipped uh this week um because you could just compliment probably eight to 10 facets of their game and have them all be right. And we're going to do that. We're going to do that. How, today. Exciting. How exciting. How exciting. How exciting. Man. Yo, because, because for <laughs> some reason or another, I dove right into all that bill shit. And like, what I really wanted to say is, man, are, are we just going to have to sit here and talk about, you know, the bills for like the entire time again? Is this, is this what these have to be? We did a little retro last week. Or like, it, it, like in the last five minutes, we'll transition from like, <laughs> you know, the offensive line play and, and be like, well, speaking of that, you know, what is your favorite John Cougar Mellencamp song? As, as you seamlessly introduced last week. <laughs> I'm a, I need look, some, I need, I look, need some other shit. Show prep is need, at a minimum this week. I, come on. I was, well, you're, lucky I, you're lucky I got out of the way. Because all we're going to do is sit there shit. and talk about how great the bills are. 
for 45 well, minutes. Well, isn't it and better than talking about how uh, how shitty no, they were? I don't, I don't know. It's it's a, it's, it's a little boring here. <laughs> but people like it, and, you know, maybe we can do it entertainingly. I got to say, so Saturday I um did the Cover One podcast. It was part of the Main Street Block Party. Um which by the way, it was, it was a really good time. And uh, a lot of guests were there. Uh, Nate Gary, Bulldog from WGR, Captain Fitzgerald from the Buffalo News, uh, Alex Brasky, uh, Bill's reporter in Batavia. And there was, everyone had predictions. Like everyone, you know, there were guests at different times. And I remember Bulldog specifically, and this was maybe to me the most surprising part uh, about today's game. Not really surprised that the Bills won or that the score was lopsided. I kind of feel like most people were calling for that. But, Bulldog specifically said when asked how the game was going to play out, he goes, I anticipate getting lots of phone calls to WGR talking about Josh Jacobs going for a buck 50 in a 17 point Bills victory. And I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what he that, thought was coming. That, that, it, made, it made sense. Yeah. Made sense. Um, well, I mean, that obviously did not happen. Just an absolute uh, shellacking, quite frankly. Put on by Buffalo and needed one, two on Sunday. Before we talk about any individual players or, you know, our opinions on some of the more important aspects of this game, let me run down some team stats because this is just. Oh, good. This this demonstrates My favorite. how lopsided this game really was. Total yards, 450 to 240 in favor of the Bills. Um, rushing yards, the Bills ran for a buck 83. And this, again, maybe the most surprising thing for me, only surrendered 55 yards on the ground. First downs, Bills 29 to 13. Time of possession, over 40 minutes. 40 minutes, four seconds, the Bills possess the ball. And then turnovers. Read nothing in favor of uh, Buffalo. Just a, a a really dominant game after a very bad start. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, following last week's game against the Jets, you know, my, my approach, my short-term approach to things was you've left yourself with only one option and that's to go get two W's against yeah. inferior opponents. Yeah. All right. And they got halfway to that today and everything that you mentioned makes for a hell of a way to get there. I mean, those are like just perfect stats. Those are my personal uh, ideal Madden stats. Cause I still love to run the ball. I still like mm -hmm. to bang the ball and, in Madden, you know what I mean. I'm not. I'm not a chucker. Um, and those stats were fabulous. And I, I'll, I'll jump out on it here because I can already tell that I'm not paying any attention to my notes. I'm going to miss half of them. Yeah. So when something comes to mind, I just got to go. Uh, loved, loved the running back usage today, man. Yeah. Those stats that you rattled off. All right, for running the football. We may have had, you know, days like that over the course of the last few years, but how many of those days were a product of probably, you know, 60 to 80 of them being by way of Josh, yeah. all right? Not the case today, man. We had the, we had our main back over a buck. Yep. And unlike last week, when I think something that we weren't terribly critical of uh, or anybody was terribly critical of, maybe they, they, they felt a little surprised by it. I, I know I did. But it was the the primary usage of Cook. You know what I mean? Like it was a lot yeah. of James Cook. And today, whether or not, you know, it was it was built in and and something that they wanted to do going into the game, but today it wasn't that. Uh all three guys, all right, all three that I think we like a lot, um, 
had roles, all right? You know, Cook goes for the 100. The other two both get touchdowns that mattered. Yeah. All right. They got touchdowns that mattered. They got yards that mattered. They weren't bullshit garbage time yards. Right. All right. After they were already up 30 and it was like, all right, let's bring Latavius. Let's now we're going to spell James Cook, bring in, you know, uh, Latavius Murray. And that's where Murray goes and gets his, you know, his 10 for 35. Nah, it was during the course of the game. All right. When things still mattered, Latavius Murray was huge on that, albeit very short drive, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to get on the board. Um, and then and, and then Harris, uh, you know, had very meaningful snaps in very obvious Harris-type, uh, you know, uh, places on the field. Um, and then that doesn't even get to the fact that your, your RB1 ra- rattled off a, a buck and a quarter. So that, to me, was a, just a really, really interesting and encouraging uh sign not for people who want to see you know four receiver sets and a ton of josh right right there's guys who love that shit still want them want this team to live and die by it um but man if you're going to carry the three of them and all of them seem to have roles and 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 still you know some uh some tread left on their tires man um i got no problem with uh with this type of utilization of three running backs. I think, um, first of all, that's a great take. And, and I think you're a hundred percent. Damn right. straight. <laughs> there's, I got more. There's three facets of this game that I really like today. Not even including Josh Allen, who obviously played very well. And I'll tell you today, proved me wrong because I am, you just talked about, there's still people out there that want four receiver sets and chucking the ball all over the place. And I've kind of been of that mindset. I think we might've talked about it last week where I said, when you're playing the Chiefs, if you let them run the ball on you, that's a W. You know what I mean? You're taking the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Um, today showed that that's a bullshit theory because this is the, the blueprint for a really good offense. You hit on all three running backs, and I'm glad you said it, too. It wasn't like some kind of like 45-yard garbage run by Harris or Murray, you know, near the end of the game to pad the stats. Um, 228 yards from scrimmage, the Bills' three running backs accounted for today. Uh, Cook, 17 carries, a buck 23, also caught four passes for 36 yards. So 159 all-purpose, 159 scrimmage yards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, He looked good. He looked like he had juice today. And to your point, before we even talk about the other two, using all three running backs like they did, maybe that gives James Cook more uh, energy, more juice later in the games. Because he looked better to me in the fourth quarter than he did in the first quarter. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what the play counts will end up being. But uh, again, it's, he seemed to be on the field a lot last week. And there was that one play. I don't think anybody, it ever became a big deal. I, I saw like one other person complaining about it on Twitter. But there's that one play on like third and two or whatever where he, he wasn't about to dip the shoulder on three charging jets. And it looked a little soft. But he had also been on the field for a long sure. time at that point. Um, so did that, did that matter today? Is that why we got a fresher? James Cook, or did we just have an absolute beat the shit, uh, you know, <laughs> Raiders defense? Which, by the way, their strategy going into this week is one of the best I've ever seen. All right, they are going to practice their first drive all fucking week long and just forget <laughs> about everything else. All right, you know, thank God they they play team. And yo, jokes aside, all right, right after that, uh, right after that drive, and Buffalo's three and out, which 
started with two runs that had me scratching my head. You know, we just talked about, you know, the encouraging signs of the running game. But I was like, God, this guy goes, this guy goes from a second and 13 run last week in overtime and then opens up run, run to start the game. I know. I'm like, what is, I was ready to, you know, that was ready to, that was the early narrative. But hold on. I just got to, just got to finish this point, which I know it takes forever. Um, But man, I am a believer that games can change on a play. All right. I, I am a believer that, you know, game games can play out much differently if something had or hadn't happened a certain way. And you're just coming off a three and out after getting absolutely slapped around on your opening defensive series. McDaniel just owns McDermott. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Greg Rousseau makes what I, I mean, again, you know, most people will just point to the dominance the rest of the way and say, eh, you know, you can't point to a play like that. It probably would have played out the same way. I'm not a believer in that. I'm not a believer that it necessarily yeah, played, you plays about out momentum the same way. We talked about momentum last week. All right, you could be looking potentially at a 10 nothing deficit. I mean, I know they weren't in field goal position yet, but, you know, they were certainly – certainly playing offensive football with confidence that absolutely went away after that, after that pick. But, you know, it's not inconceivable that they jumped out to a 10 nothing lead and you're not looking at a 28 yard field to tie the game. All right. You're looking at a 75 yard field. All right. Down two scores. That's a big difference, man. That's a huge difference. I agree hundred percent to your point. Um, I tweeted this because I agree with you. I said, for me, the singular play of the game was first quarter bills down seven, nothing. And Daquan Jones' pressure leads to a great INT from Terrell Bernard. I didn't tweet that Rizzo tipped it, which you're right about, too. But anyway, it was a nice catch by Bernard. Um, I said that settled down Buffalo after opening Raiders TD and subsequent Bills three and out. Bills looked shaky early, and then that play happened. So, As you can tell, I wasn't on Twitter much. (laughs) I wasn't on shit during this game. I may have listened to half of it, man. I'm going to actually hold on. I'm going to even come even cleaner than that. I haven't seen the Russo tip Bernard interception oh, play. Really? I, was, I, was, I was on my way back from Brockport this morning and I timed it. I timed it bad. So I missed like the first half, half of the first. Yeah. Quarter. Daquan Jones. It was, it was him on the play, man. He just like great pressure that forced Garoppolo to throw the ball early. Rizzo got a finger on. And then Gerald Bernard made a really nice um, interception. I'm going to talk about those. Cause I want to go back to the running back. So, cause like I said, we, we highlighted James cook, Damian Harris, seven carries, 33 yards and a touchdown. He also had a nice 41-yard kickoff return in the first uh, half as well. And then Latavius Murray, 6 for 22 with a touchdown early in the game and also caught two passes um, for, for nine yards. Yeah, the Bills running back is a strength of this football team right now. It makes me wonder, if Naheem Hines didn't get hurt, would he be on this football team right now? Because it seems to me that today was... When you go into the offseason, Brandon Bean says, I want my running back room, and this is what I want out of my running backs in a game. I'm not sure that Naheem Hines, if he didn't get hurt, would even be on this roster. Who do you not play right now among these three running backs if Hines were? And obviously, this is a hypothetical that we'll never know the answer to. But um, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying I really love the running back usage today. And, and I was wrong about the Bills. I didn't like them running the ball more. But if you're going to run it like you did today, man, do it. Well. Um, I'm I'm still hung up on the question about how it would play out with a healthy nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so much so that I'm trying to figure out the 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 timing of it was 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 Hines down when they grabbed Murray, but I don't think that's the case. I think Murray. Look, I think Murray. Murray I think Murray was brought in all right as insurance to Damian Harris because they wanted to be sure that for 
you know, all the way through December and January. All right. They had a back who could bang. All right. And Harris was the first choice. And then somewhere along the line, they said, hey, I mean, he's just sitting out there. I want to make sure I can run my Damian Harris plays if I lose Damian Harris. Right. So that's why they went and grabbed Murray. I think Murray, uh, you know, may have made the roster. They may have tried to sneak him to the uh, to the practice squad, that sort of thing. If if Hines was uh, if Hines was healthy, um, and I honestly I think as much as I liked watching a you know such a big man you know uh, score the touchdown and things like that, I think Harris just does what Murray does. If there's no Latavius Murray in the lineup today, mm-hmm. I think I think instead of going eight for whatever you said Harris was, just you know maybe not completely take on the load of uh of murray but i think harris has you know uh has enough in the tank to probably carry the football 15 times yeah all right so i think and there was a shift you know then there was a shift in in in, you know in part of the offense when he lost heinz because i think they were going to use heinz a lot the way we're seeing deontay hardy early sure um so you know, and then you then now you're a now you're two thirds of your running back stable are bangers. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they that they came into training camp or well, Hines was gone already, but I don't know that they started their you know uh, their their twenty three season philosophy thinking two two thirds of our running back room are going to be bangers. Are you, you feel good enough about Harris and Murray or one or the other or both of them right now that if something were to happen to Cook? For whatever reason, whether it's injury, whether it's just for whatever reason, a bad dip in play, you're confident in these these guys that they could be out there on the field and the offense isn't going to suffer. Now, the Raiders, this is just one game. Just like we shouldn't overreact too much to last week. Let's not overreact too much to this week either. But I don't know. I have a confidence about Damian Harris and Latavius Murray that I don't think I had the last couple of years, like when uh, Zach Moss was the backup running back or even Singletary is the starter. I like these guys if they can stay healthy. More, I think all three of these running backs are better than the Devin Singletary that they've had the past couple years. Damian Harris and Latavius Murray would represent a just fine one-two mm-hmm. punch. All right, um, you know, for for your running backs, but the explosiveness that you lose. All right, especially if we start to depend on it a little bit, if we start to need it a little bit. You know, and we needed it, well, not to win today, but we saw it today. Sure. That's for sure. Uh, the explosiveness that you would lose uh, would matter. Yeah. It would matter a ton. You got to become, you get, you know, then, then you, you know, now you got to probably throw the ball five or seven more times a game uh, to just to get it in the hands of explosive guys. Because, you know, when he's not playing Buffalo on a, you know, ridiculously windy Monday night, mm-hmm. I don't know that anyone ever really attributes, uh, you know, explosiveness to uh, to Damian Harris. Let me, let me ask you this, because we talked last Sunday and Monday, and we obviously spent all of our time, you know, talking about a, an ugly Jets loss. So we didn't preview the Raiders at all, but not I, a bit of Josh yet. Sorry. <laughs> I just I got to come at you right here. I don't know where the clock is and how long. On how long it's been? 18 minutes, and we haven't talked about it. I got the side them. tap. I got the leg tap right there. <laughs> if I if I was if I was faded to those not uh not uh, not watching, 
Uh, I got the leg tap for sitting far away right there. <laughs> Yo, seriously though, man, we haven't even mentioned Joshua. And we're not, and we're today. not going to. Yet. <laughs> it was perfect today. If we would have previewed the Raiders, if we would have had a podcast later in the week, and we would have, and I would have asked you, I would have said, Tone, short of the Bills, you know, the self-inflicted wounds, because any team will lose when you when you beat yourselves. But what would have been the one factor with the Raiders where you said, if this happens, this could be a a really bad day for Buffalo. If they're if they're stars coming into the game, if they're stars, all right. If we struggle with their stars, all right. Yeah. And I think you're you're I think you're leading me into uh, a Josh Jacobs in the run defense conversation. Not yet, but I put Adams there too. You know, what I mean, I think I think Devontae Adams is 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 a star sure. in this league. Um, and Jacobs, I thought last year's stat, you know, the numbers may have been a little inflated. I don't know that he scares me, you know, more than maybe three other running backs in the league. Um, but yeah, man, if they're, if, if their stars played like stars, when I saw, when I saw that Myers was out, I was like, that's favorable. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was like, man, that, that's going to help. That That's going to help. And, um, and, and, and aside from that first, uh, aside from that first drive, which I was just like, what is happening here, man? Like, come on. Were we not all like that? <laughs> um, but aside from that, they, they had an answer for I, all of it. I would have, I, I agree with what you say about the stars, but I would say you, you mentioned two of them. The one that I would have been most concerned about where I said, if things, you know, go wrong for Buffalo, it's going to be because Max Crosby dominated the game. Yeah. He's, and he's and one that's of those another star I kind of, I, I meant also, I wanted to, I included the star on the defensive side. Of yeah. The he's the kind of guy, he's one of those handful of defensive ends who could just wreck a game. And, um, this leads to my second of big three big, not counting Josh Allen, things that I love most about this team today. And I don't know if we give the credit to Aaron Cromer, how much goes to Ken Dorsey, but Spencer Brown on Max Crosby scared the shit out of me all week. And that never, and I mean never, materialized in the least on Sunday. Spencer Brown did a great job, and they did a lot of uh, chip blocking with mainly Dawson Knox. Quinn Moore's got a lot of steps. And I think potentially at least some of it was for that reason. So he could be an extra body. But anyway, Max Crosby did not affect this game whatsoever. Coming into this game, besides Jacobs running wild and Adams, like you said, on the offensive side, Max Crosby scared the shit out of me on the defensive side. But man, this might have been Spencer Brown. We'll have to you know, see the film of what the grades come out this week. But this might have been Spencer Brown's best game of his career, as far as I'm concerned. And great scheming and, and uh, blocking designs by the Bills today. Huge. Yeah, we'll find out, you know, we'll, we'll find out when uh, the, the guys who love the film uh, start to throw it out there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think a lot of guys who love the film are also guys who love them from Spencer Brown. Um, so we're, we'll find out, you know, if, if he was dominant. You ever think of this, though, with like just, you know, all-time great rushers with, you know, Crosby not being there yet, but clearly, you know, an absolute stud in his prime uh, right now. Um, you ever see those guys just just have days off, though? I mean, honestly, man, sure. just like, you know, you get, you get, you get 15, say, absolutely. Yeah. You get 15, 16 sack guys that are just like, yeah, you know, this tackle is going to take credit for, uh, for the game that they had, but they, they just, they just didn't, didn't bring it today. We'll see. That's the cool part about being out there. Now I do think McDermott's always been a guy. All right. Who demanded, uh, you know, that attention be paid to studs on the defensive side of the ball. All yeah. right. Chipping, 
you know, all, all those little things. And that's one of the things I like about McDermott, uh, McDermott's thoroughness. He's just a thorough dude. You know, he's not an offensive guy, but he's also a guy who's never, all right, going to not be, um, you know, involved in in planning, uh, you know, strategies around uh, uh, around stars and just demanding that uh, of his coaches. So if that was the role, uh, you know, if that's uh, played a, a big part today, then just that's just collective, you know, good uh, coaching staff, uh, you know, preparation. And that's why I think, you know, we're on the plus side of, of, of head coaches. Yeah. Um, the offensive line generally, I thought the whole entire line played good. Look, when you run the ball for 183 yards and Josh Allen throws 37 times, and I think he got sacked twice, one of them was just an absolutely perfectly timed blitz. So it was just nothing that Josh could do about it. I just thought the offensive line, whether it was running the ball, throwing the ball, was huge today. And then the third thing, before we even get to Josh, is, and maybe this is another difference between this week and the first game, I thought Gabe Davis was excellent um, today. Six catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. I don't know if you saw it because, again, you said you missed some of the first half, but it was a it was a offsides penalty on the Jets. So it was kind of a free play. So Josh chucked it. It was a nice 19-yard, oh, really good. nice catch yeah. with, with Gabe's hands. Um, what else did he have? He had a touchdown. He had three catches in traffic. He bowled somebody over to move the chains, which is something I hadn't seen a ton of with Gabe Davis over the last three years. You know, I'll tell you, even going to training camp, I remember I had a, a headline for one of the episodes we did, and it said Gabe Davis is dominating training camp. I thought he was great in camp, and it just looked like he was catching the ball differently than he has his first three years or four years with the Bills. Um, I don't know. He wasn't a big factor in the Jets game. The one time they did score that touchdown, though, he had that uh, big slant catch for 20-some yards against the Jets. And um, today, he was a factor. I mean, he... He makes this offense go, I feel like. When you got a good number two option behind Stefan Diggs, maybe not by himself, he doesn't make the offense go. <laughs> Someone looked at me like, what What, what the fuck do you say? But anyway, I mean, a, no, a productive try, try Dave Davis makes this offense significantly better. And, and it showed today. Yeah, that look didn't have any of that in you. I was I was in space, actually. I was like, <laughs> oh, something else happened. I, I talked to a lot. You just going cook, in no, it really wasn't that. Um, yo, I had a fun Gabe Davis conversation before I came in here to, uh, to do this. Um, so here's my completely naked eye take on Gabe Davis. All right. I've got nothing to back this up, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that I'm using route tree is even a little sketchy for me because I don't even really know what those are. <laughs> all right. But here's what I, here's what I think. All right. Um, I feel like if you you know, try to game plan something to get Davis involved. All right. What you're really looking for is, you know, your three, five, seven steps out of Josh, clean pocket. The receivers run something in the route tree. All right. Maybe something combo based or whatever. And that's how you plan to get a receiver involved. I think that might not be the best that we see. All right from Gabe Davis, all right? I think he's someone who may struggle to separate, especially in the short to intermediate of the route tree. The best clean pocket, all right, play goes as planned. Gabe Davis play is the fucking post, <laughs> all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the post where I'm starting to see, and believe me, all right, there's probably stats out there that totally refute this, all right? But what I'm starting to feel like I see is when we have breakdowns and improvisation, okay, 
that's when Gabe really seems to be at his best sometimes, man. You saw it today. Yeah, the, touch, the, the touchdown was on an impro improvisation. I got to use a different word there so I don't have to say that every time. But the <laughs> touchdown was on a roll, okay? Uh, the Get play him. that he broke for 40 or whatever was on a roll. I mm -hmm. think the one that you're referring to where he makes the catch all hands. Yeah. All right. Was a breakdown where he had to come, yeah. where he had to come find, uh, you know, holes in the defense. So, it, you know, I don't know if there's any truth to that shit. All right. This no, is, I think this, you're right. This man. is an entirely naked eye assessment. And in the world of Sabres Twitter, you're getting killed for it okay you don't make naked eye assessments in savers twitter unless you want to be absolutely rolled down the plaza okay but sometimes it's allowed in bill's twitter and that's what i see i see a, a receiver who doesn't separate great uh in the route tree all right until he starts you know going over the top but man i see a guy who makes plays for his quarterback so if i'm josh allen man especially you know with the height on gabe's side and all that um, you know, never ignoring Steph, of course, but when things start breaking down, I'm looking for number 13, man, because I've made some big plays with him. And I, I even, I even referenced these, um, when I was talking about it just before coming in here, but remember the, the, the indie playoff game, the Phillip rivers, indie playoff oh, yeah, game, yeah, those yeah, yeah. fucking toe taps that, yeah. he, that he had, yeah. you know, um, those are, that's, that's, that's where Gabe does it, man. That that's where Gabe does it. Nice to see him do it today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I am back here with Total Bucks. We are discussing a big Buffalo Bills victory over the Vegas Raiders, who improved to one and one on the season. All right, so I've been doing football recaps for years now. I don't think I've ever, ever, ever had an episode where we spent less time talking about a Bills victory over the first 30 minutes or so of the show than today with Josh Allen. And it's not that Josh didn't play well. It's just that we're really impressed with the running game with Gabe Davis, with the offensive line, with the with the blocking schemes. That clearly worked uh, against the Raiders today. Um, I thought Josh Allen played excellent. I, I don't know any other way, no fancy words to say it, but it was important to come back this week and for him to play well. 31 to 37, I'm going to read out his actual numbers. 31 to 37, 274 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Do you know what my favorite, and this is a made-up stat, it's not a real stat, I guess, but my personal I favorite stat was, 
not counting a, a penalty where he threw in an interception. So that play was wiped. I don't think Josh Allen threw an interceptable ball the entire game. I don't think there was one play. You know how he gets away with a lot of shit? He got mm -hmm. away with a couple of mistakes mm -hmm. against the Jets, even mm -hmm. not counting the three. There was not one play where uh, a Raiders defensive back had his hands on the ball and maybe should have come down with an interception. I mean, he threw the ball away. We saw that a handful of times. He was out of the pocket, just gave up on the play, threw it away, which is a good thing. I'm yelling, good job, you know, at the TV. But yeah, wise decision making, throwing the ball away when it wasn't there, taking the check downs the entire game. The only time he threw a deep ball the entire game, as far as I can remember, was to Stefan Diggs, which was not technically a completion, but it was a pass interference that led to a touchdown inside the five-yard line. So that was actually a successful throw down the field, and he hit Gabe Davis on the 19-yarder. But anyway, he was patient. He took the entire game, what the defense gave him, and then when the defense started forcing stuff, that's when he uh, went a little more on the attack. I just thought this was an efficient smart game and i was wrong last week i said this guy can't be a game manager he shouldn't be dead ass wrong because he was a great game manager today yeah i like it uh, I, uh you know i like calling him a game uh call identifying that he's capable of being a game manager mm -hmm. all right i don't ever want him to be a game manager but I, I i'll tell you this um and i'm not it's not like a, it's a, a pouncing on by any stretch but there were two balls today that made me kind of say yeah man this is a game of inches all right and something happens there and it's ugly the incomplete fourth down pass to dawson knox all right that was double coverage all right yeah, 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 yeah i'm yeah. okay you know i want to trust i'm gonna trust my guy to go up by the way man when i saw that knox had a, a, a fucking shirt on with Josh's face on it today, walking into the locker room. I, I didn't see I that. You saw that. No. I immediately wanted to bet anytime Dawson Knox touchdown. I was <laughs> you would have won. I was just too lazy. I was at the at a baseball game. Um, but anyways, that was risky. All right. And he tried to force it into double coverage to Kincaid. All right, on a bit of a different play. I think it was only a first down, but definitely a forced football in the end zone in the double coverage, and that's never a good idea. But um you do quarterbacks get away with those all the time. So sure. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to dog him. It was near perfect. Um, it was, you know, and it really was, it's what it's, it's everything you would have wanted to see today. Like if he just comes out and has one of those games where it's just old Josh and you know, he's just whipping it all over the place and, and, and you know, guys are open and you know, that would be fun. That would that would be fun, but seeing him do it and and the whole offense do what they did today and and reaping the rewards of that um, is probably the preferred result. If you would have asked me the perfect scenario today, you'd you'd have to get nitpicky to criticize him today. I mean, you could apply find a play here like you talked yeah. about. Maybe when he uh, tried to hurdle apps near the end zone. I'm like, why didn't you just, he would put his shoulder down. He would have bowled himself into the end zone. That was a mistake. But again, you're just, you're just looking to find something to criticize if, if you're going there. There's just so little to, uh, to criticize. What did you think of his body language is just his mindset, his attitude today. Didn't he look like he was having fun on the football field where last Monday did not look fun for him whatsoever. It was stressful anxiety last week. It felt like when you looked at his face this week, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's fired up. Of course, they're winning. That makes things easier. But that's the Josh Allen that I want to see, man. The guy who's just a football player out there having fun. And, and it looked that way today to me. I thought that was a big deal. Maybe it's not. It is a big deal because I was early to the, you know, to the body language uh, uh, 
conversation last week, man. I yeah. mean, we, we, it was one of the first things I said when Josh, mm-hmm. when Josh's name came up uh, on last week's post game. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that I was paying as much attention to it on the, you know, uh, on the plus side today. But, um, yeah, he certainly had a lot of reason, uh, you know, to, to have better body language today. Here's the thing with Josh as it relates to the turnovers, man, because I was very prepared to have a conversation about, um, you know, Dorsey and Dable, but not the, uh, you know, not the X's and O's side, but rather the how they managed Josh side, how mm-hmm. they, you know, how they, how well they reached Josh. And that was not going to be a favorable conversation for, for Ken Dorsey. All right. That was going to be all about Dayball doing a great job at it and the sort of characteristics that, you know, that I think a dude like Dayball has, um, that Dorsey doesn't, that, that dudes like, um, but whether it was Dorsey, I think it may have been just as much. All right local and national naysayers as anything else. There have been times where when Josh hits, you know, turnover rock bottom, okay, he, you know, he he pulls out. Somebody, somebody or something, all right, uh, helps him shift course, all right, when it becomes too big an issue. The first occurrence, uh, you know, that comes to my mind is when Dorsey just blew him up, I'm sorry, Dayball just just blew him up, all right, against New England early on in his career. He was just giving yeah, the ball away. Yeah, and yeah. he was still young, and he wasn't reading things well yet and stuff like that. So maybe it came as a little bit of a surprise, but I think Dayball's th- thought on that was, all right, I, I get the limitations that you have right now, but Jesus, man, you're just fucking handing the football over to the other team. Right. And, and, and the cameras didn't miss it, man. All right, yeah. the cameras didn't miss it. Dayball chewed him, and that changed the, you know, that was an enormous point in Josh Allen's career, all right, as, as it relates to taking care of the football, all right? It, 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 was, it was a big turning point in his career, and it's because, you know, he got, he got lit up, he got coached hard, and he got coached out of it. And I think we may have just scored the same. We're shaking. Camera's shaking. It's not. Is it a quake? No. Is, we're it, good. is it a quake? <laughs> we're good. Are you sure? I could go check. Um, I think it may, this time around, I think it may have been, uh, you know, the fact that he's a superstar now and uh, he's a national story. And the national story was, dude, this dude might not be what we think he is because he turns the ball over too damn much. Josh Allen's going to pay attention to that shit. Is there a chance? That maybe long term, as much as it sucked, that opening week may have been a a blessing in disguise. You know what I mean? Long term, yes. if you look at it that way, yes. I, I kind of feel that way right now. Uh, like, do I need a do I need a toe tap to come closer? Yeah, okay, get a little closer. A little, yes, yeah, yes. There's a big chance that it, all right that it ends up uh, working out in our favor. Yeah, I think he knows. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that again. I can't play that badly again. I can't force the issue that much um again so yeah maybe long i'm almost sorry the i'm almost sorry the lesson came so early in the season sure yeah sure and maybe if they win that game he's like i got away with it you know whatever again we kind of talked about that i want to go down that that road again um yeah just a a great game from him and for a second straight week i thought the defense played really really strong i mean really strong minus the first drive i mean that was 
That was a little stressful, a little worrisome right off the bat. I was driving still. I didn't first catch, play I didn't of the game. That. First play of the game. Ed Oliver, beautiful yeah, four yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he mm-hmm. literally bullied. Greg Van Roden. I can't believe he started for the Raiders. Is, oh, is that injury? our guy? Is that our guy? From yeah, last yeah, year? yeah, it... yeah, yeah. Because I remember, I was like, when we lost Miami in Miami last year, I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're down to Greg Van Roden on the line right now. He started the game for them. I don't. I don't know if he's their starter. I don't know if someone's out with an injury or whatever. But anyway, Ed Oliver just literally bowled him into Jacobs for a four-yard loss. But then the next four plays, I think two or three of them were Devontae Adams. They bam, 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 touchdown. And the screen. Then, the, 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 yeah. The Bills go three and Screen on yeah. second and 14. Yeah, yeah, is, yep. is, 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 yeah, man, I was – it's funny. You know, like almost after every single play, I was like, all right, well, this is the direction that the conversation is going to go. Oh, wait, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it takes four quarters. Well, no, not today. It took about two and a half quarters today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but eventually, it, you know, it uh, it plays out. The Bills, uh, so, so anyway, they go three and out like we talked about, and then the Raiders got the ball again. We're like, all right, well, this defense needs to make a play, and they did. And that was the play where Daquan Jones, who I thought was awesome on Sunday, um, pressures him leads to the result tip and a great play by Terrell Bernard. And I'm going to tell you, man, I'm very low on Terrell Bernard. I thought it was by default that he started. I don't think he earned shit. I thought Terrell Dotson just couldn't handle being a starter. And I was really critical of him. And uh, I thought it was just, I I don't think he's a, a starting caliber middle linebacker. And two weeks in, I'm starting to think I was wrong. Because I thought he played better than I thought against the Jets, and he played good in the second half against the Jets. And I thought Terrell Bernard was an asset on Sunday, not a liability. That was a nice interception. It wasn't just a gift that fell and hit him in his jersey. You know what I mean? It was a nice play. He's shooting gaps. He's making plays. And I'm not afraid to be wrong about something. Like I'm not going to keep doubling, tripling down when I have a take just because I want to be right. Um, I thought he's. I I came in the season saying this guy stinks. And now I'm like, where's the drop-off from him and Tremaine? And now it's only two games, and they played two pretty shitty offenses. Well, not shitty, but, you know. And um, by the way, I want to mention, the Raiders came into this game with the top-ranked offensive line, top-graded offensive line in the entire NFL based on week one. And the Bills' defensive line just utterly dominated them. But anyway, back to Terrell Bernard. Um, I think I'm going to be wrong. This guy's looked pretty good to me. He's looked, at a minimum, he's looked like an adequate starting middle linebacker right now, for sure. And we're this far in and haven't even talked about the sweet ass uh, Matt Milano interception. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm as you're saying that I'm getting annoyed with the fact that I allowed Chris Brown to basically tell me who the star of that Bernard interception was because I'm driving, mm-hmm. right? I'm driving and I'm listening to it. I ain't as bad as. as <laughs> sorry. I, I always I, I can't take shots, you know. We're, we're pandering Pat over here, but he's not as bad as as uh, as that saber guy. His name Dunleavy. Dunleavy. Dunleavy just does not describe a good hockey game. Uh, but Brown was all Brown was all about Rousseau's play on that. Mm-hmm. All right, and now you're you've talked about Daquan Jones' role in the play and 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 Bernard. Um, you, you know, the, the interception not just falling into his lap because that's how I heard that no. play. Like, basically, I heard that play like Rousseau used his nine-foot wingspan to go 12 feet up in the air 
deflected into into Bernard's hands. Well, you he, know. Did, he did have a I head. Mean, that's, how, that's how I heard it. Maybe no. that's more a me problem than a Chris Brown problem. Well, Daquan Jones forced him to get rid of the ball early. So, I mean, Rizzo did play a part. Yeah. And by the way, Greg Rizzo, man, you want to talk about another guy who's just playing really well. Again, no sacks, just like the Jets game. Oh, that one, though. Yeah, that half one a yard, where, half That yard. one where he got him right there, that's a good collapse down, man. Yeah, All right? I mean, you see, a, you see a lot of guys coming at, uh, off that edge who give up on the quarterback when he steps up, and Rousseau collapsed nicely there, man. He did, um, and he also did a good set in the edge again, made a nice run stop again. He's a good um, player. Yeah, he is. He is a good, good player. He's a good player. He looks like he's still maturing. Um, Leonard Floyd a little more quiet today. Yeah, he has a foot injury yeah, too. We'll see how we'll see how that plays out. But anyway, sorry. um, Rizzo's been solid. AJ Epinesa had a big play. He knocked the pass down on third down. We could just go up and down the line with the defense playing good. But going back again to uh, because you said I threw you off for about the, the play itself. Um, Terrell Bernard. I mean, what's your take on him these first couple weeks? I don't know. I, I, I look at nothing. Jermaine Evans in Chicago, and I still see. I still see him running into an apps of a pile up. All right. While his while his his what it looks to be his gap responsibility goes for like 30 yards. Mm-hmm. I I still see a couple of those early jet plays and sure. I haven't I haven't quite come off them yet. Maybe it's because, you know, I didn't see today's interception uh, you know, live yet. Um, but I'm I'm not ready there. I'm not I'm not ready there. As long as I'm still so worried about him against the run. I think I, I think I think he probably covers really well, and I think the Bills have just said that is who we're going to be, man. We, that is that is what the NFL is right now at that position, and that is what we are going to be. So I'm cool if uh, you know it, 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 with him in, in pass coverage. I think, but man, getting up, uh, you know, getting up around the line of scrimmage. He blitzed against the Jets last week, like. Fuck you doing with, with with him just running it like he's like 225 pounds. I don't care what the you know what they want to put him at. Um, so I have no idea yet, man. I have no idea yet. But if and this this you know you made this point about the the defensive line today. Uh, if the tackles are as effective as they were today, and I think I think McDermott he's had it in years past, but I think McDermott has a road as good a rotation, a good a, a, rolls out as good a eight, nine dudes as he's ever had. All right. On this, uh, on this roster. Um, and maybe like, like we talked about it, like who would with, with cook, you know, maybe the usage of the, of the running back depth helped keep cook fresh. Sure. Same might be true of why we're seeing those plays out of Daquan Jones and shit like that, man. I mean, maybe, I mean, we got a legitimate five there. And if we don't like what we see, if we're worried about the run and the Raiders are a team to, you know, um, that was worth worrying about, then all of a sudden Puna Ford, all right, sees a little more burn. Now that's going to change the, that dynamic um, of what his playtime would have been versus what it probably became. Might might have changed when we got up so big. But I remember, again, I'm only hearing, or I'm only listening, mm-hmm. but I mean, a point was made at the start of the Raiders' second drive to say that, that like, Ford and Settle were were in there. So, yeah. you know, that, that just, Ford, we're all a little surprised that he's fourth or fifth, you know, because he was, he was a fun name, uh, you know, during, during, in free agency. But there's a place for him, man, and that place is, you know, when someone's gonna, uh, you know, be a big run threat to you. I don't know what Washington. I don't know how how much it's Gibson, how much it's Robinson, or um, 
you know, who they're going to fear on, on that side. But it's just, it's nice to know that you've got support for Jones. All right. If, uh, if a injury or B, he just, you know, he needs to blow. We're two weeks in. If I were to ask you, your, your top three Bills players through the first two games, I think Diggs would be an easy answer. Uh, I think Greg Rizzo would be an easy answer as well. Um, well, anyway, I was, I was uh, about I to know, say I something. I know who you're going to miss. No, I, no, 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 I, was going, I was going to say, I still am saying, Ed Oliver, but, but now I'm selling Matt Milano of short. Of course. I'm selling Milano Matt Milano short. He just, he just straight up took that ball right out of Josh Jacobs. He's got two picks in two games, man. He's on pace for uh, 17 picks this year. But no, seriously, um, Ed Oliver, I thought, again, played really good both games. And he's a guy that I have been kind of harsh on in years past as a streaky and maybe still being streaky because he got to do this for a longer stretch right now, but you know, a splashy streaky player who just disappears too much at times, but he ain't doing no disappearing these first two games. I think Ed Oliver has been really, really, really good. Yeah. It's an incomplete grade for me. I just don't think I've been as dialed in as, mm. uh, you know, as necessary to to make a comment on on his play. I mean, are, are we sure? Are we sure you're maybe not just still having first play of the game bias? No, 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 no. I'm not. He made. He was in the backfield a lot. He, right, he was in it. the backfield a lot. I don't I'm have in. the stats in front of me, but trust me, he was in the backfield a lot. Some guys like Bernard and Ed Oliver. Like I like to criticize. Like I like to go to my go tos. Like you know, these are the guys I like to blame for every little thing. And I, I'm just not seeing it with, with Ed Oliver, man. Um. You know, he's never going to be Quinn Williams or, or, or uh, Chris Jones. He's never going to be quite on that level. But where he's playing at right now is a level that the Bills paid him to be and a level that this defense is, um, they're going to need him to be. Uh, you know what I forgot to? Because when we kind of do these post games, we don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and in this case, we literally talk about shit, what we were going to talk about until the, until the camera started rolling here. But I want to go back to the offensive side because I want to give some props to somebody I don't know if he played more than three or four snaps the whole game, quite frankly. But on the third down play, Dalton Kincaid got rocked. He got hit pretty hard in the end zone, kind of a little bit shaken up. And then the Bills ended up going for it on fourth down. And Khalil Shakir came into the game. And uh, he ran a real, I mean, it was a great play by Josh Allen to be patient, to wait for the play to develop. But he ran a great, great inside slant route, put a good move on the guy, caught the ball and scored a touchdown on fourth down. I thought that was a big play of the game to really, you know, extend the lead and kind of put their stamp on this game. So I just want to make sure Khalil Shakir, you know, it just, uh, it's about guys when you get called on, it might be Sherfield at times, it might become Hardy or Kincaid who I had five catches. He had another pretty good game um, early in his career. But anyway, I thought Khalil Shakir, I thought that was a big play in the game and good on him to take advantage of a, of an opportunity. See, I could have easily, I, I didn't have it written down or anything, but I, I could have easily ended up talking about Shakir as if, you know, he's somewhat prominent in, in, in the offense, as if he's getting burned. Cause I really had no idea that it was strictly, all right, a Kincaid got dazed thing. So yeah, Shakir he did. Ended up I mean, maybe, slot. maybe he's not in the next play anyway, but he definitely, um, Kincaid on that drive, it might've been two plays before that, but he definitely got his, uh, his bell rung a little bit. I like bit. snap got... counts, man. I like the uh, – yeah. that's something that uh, Sal got on early. He's always yeah. been one of the earliest. I uh, was one of the too. first ones doing it. Uh, snap counts are, are are tell you good stuff. 
Um, but I'm with you, man. Good football play. Kid needed it too. All right. And it wasn't just a cat. Obviously, Allen was fabulous in it. Um, but it wasn't just a catch, man. I mean, he did what I complained about uh Cook not doing last week, although Shakir wasn't putting himself in quite the right, right, quite right. the same spot of a vicious hit as Shakir was. But you know, um he, he dipped his shoulder and 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 got I think we had the first on the on the catch itself, you know, but he went and made it a touchdown, man. It's a damn good play, and it and it's really, really nice to know, all right, that he he's at least playable. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, if things uh if 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 an, enough guys get nicked up, you know. Uh, so that's that's good to see. He's a he's a good guy. I'd rather have seen him make that catch just for his confidence if we got to go that deep. All right, on the depth chart, I almost rather see him make that catch for six than a guy like Sherfield who I don't know, man. Sherfield's going to be a good example and I think he's still fine. I think, you know, he'll still make plays for this team, but Sherfield is is trending towards a good example of becoming that uh uh that training camp darling where it's just like all right hold on man hold hold on they can't have all these fun plays for everybody yeah you can't get the ball to hardy on these you know these um gimmicky plays or shakir and work in the middle of the field kincaid out there with Knox working the field and then still find a role for surefield i'm not sure he's even got a target through for two weeks um That's right. I, true I think you're right, but I think there could come an opportunity at some point where if Gabe Davis gets nicked up or step on, huh? that's when you'll see uh Sherfield. A good insurance player, kind of like <laughs> maybe like a Latavius Murray kind of deal with us. Yes, uh, yeah. Uh, and but you know, Murray's door opened and and Sherfield's um, you know, just struggled to get on the field. I think, man, I think let's 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 say this. All right. Sherfield might be one of the biggest um most affected guys by the 12 personnel as anybody, you, you know? Oh yeah. I mean? Yeah. For sure. Fields is definitely being affected by that. Cause when it's not 12, it's usually Hardy. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, so when we're not rolling four dudes out anymore, <laughs> I know I mean, that's the thing. I know. All right. We ran a lot of, we ran a lot of four receiver stuff and now we're not doing it. And that's Sherfield's the one who's, uh, you know, um, who's feeling the effects of that. Although he seems fine, man. He plays specials and guy just seems like a gamer. So I got, I got no problem. All right. Ha having him in the wings, um, you know, if necessary, you know, by the way, you said week one, uh, or I should say week one, cause we did the show. We didn't know the stats at the time, but the bills played more 12 personnel than anyone in the NFL in week one, two receiver sets. Uh, obviously don't know the stats cause we're recording shortly after the game uh, for this week, but there was, a lot more of the same. And you spoke of momentum and it's something that I agree with you. I, I think it isn't, it does matter. Um, Shakir making that play, you speak of confidence. And I think that does matter. It was a blowout. It's the end of the game, but one other player that I wanted to kind of acknowledge because um, Dane Jackson lost his job to Christian Bedford. And uh, you know, that could be, that could demoralize you a little bit. He got into the game again, backups at the end, but he had, I thought an excellent hit on uh, I can't remember the player for the Raiders, but he knocked the ball loose and create a third turnover. Again, the game was well at hand. It didn't really matter in terms of the result of the game. But those are the kind of things where, you know, you got that in your mind. You make that kind of play, and he maybe he gets called upon to uh, to make a play. So good on him. But anyway, yeah. Man, Yo, just, no, no, no. Ding Jackson's a culture guy, man. All right. Yeah, Seriously, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't do a lot of culture-y stuff. Okay. culture -y. But, <laughs> but, but Dane Jackson's a culture guy. 
All yeah. right. I mean, he's he's kind of you know kind of like Levi Wallace was, but Wallace couldn't. And Wallace was, you know, a little longer in the tooth, a little less athletically gifted and whatnot. But you know, Jackson, you know, fills in now for Taiwan Jones as a primary gunner. Mm-hmm. All right. So you know, maybe he gave you know Benford went and took the job, but he still stays to three. He didn't mm-hmm. let himself become an afterthought, even to a first rounder. All right. Um <laughs> I just get a fucking three back and call it a day, man. <laughs> get a three back and call it a day with that one. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, who of course he was gonna be inactive. All right, because it's not like anything happened with the defense last week that that should change personnel. Of course he was gonna be inactive, but you can't help but pile, but start to pile on as the inactives pile up. Sure. Um, Did I even say his name that entire time? Talking about Kair Elam, all right, for those, <laughs> you know. Mom, mom, I'm talking about Kair Elam, all right? How do you feel about, this got nothing to do with the game, just personal Taste. Oh, here comes the transition. Is this is this the John Cooper Mellencamp favorite album? No, 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 no. This is still Bills related. Fuck. I like the give me the blue jerseys and the white pants. I hate the all blue. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. What, what, what's your take on the uniform? What's your favorite Bills uniform? Like when you watch them play, where what do you want to see them in? I'm a big fan of what I saw today. Blue jerseys, white pants. I hate the all blue. It just it, it bothers me. My God, dude. Honestly, as you're as you're sitting there saying it, I'm like, I didn't even really register with me yeah. that they went blue on white today. Right. I, I'm so used to them now calling the blue on blue, you know, the, the home primary mm-hmm. that I didn't even notice that it wasn't blue on yeah. blue today, bro. I liked it. Too. Um, I have always been probably the most diplomatic person uh, imaginable when it comes to the Jersey. And, and, and in part, in part, it's because I truly love them all. I, I I just I just love our colors. I love our combos. Are there things that I'd love to see us throw together? All right, um, you know they might look cool too. Sure, but the one that that I dig in on though that I don't think uh, you know most people feel the same about is the white on blue, and that's because my first memory of the Buffalo Bills, all right, was the Joe Ferguson, Joe Cribs teams. All right, wearing that white on blue. I loved it. All right. I love white on blue. Me too. Bro. I love it. And and we we lose big ones, I guess, in white on blue. And that of course is gonna drive, you know, uh you know, people's superstitions and stuff like Are that. Are you superstitious? No. No, I'm dead. Totally, I used totally to be. I, I, I used to be, and then and it was, I used to be superstitious, but then I stopped drinking. My medication stopped working, and I became less superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> so I might be headed back, um, but no, nah, man. I, there was a time when I was superstitious, and uh, and I am no longer. I man, am no longer. I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of the all white either. I hate the all blue the most, and I don't like the all white. Give me the white jerseys, blue pants, or blue jerseys. Um, white pants all day anything from this game that we kind of haven't hit on that that we want to talk about i i, I feel like we kind of covered everything you got anything uh that i might have missed i just I, I i we talked about them i just can't state enough that an offense only works when your offensive line is blocking and i just want to go back to that as my last bills game thought here the offensive line you know the josh's josh's numbers are going to get a lot of headlines and I think he threw to nine different receivers. The running game's going to oh, get a lot of headlines. But to me, the offensive line just played 
almost, almost a, a flawless game today. And, and I just, that's huge for me, man. Yeah. I, I mean, what, you know, they played a near perfect football game. I mean, it's like, obviously the stakes and, and uh, I don't know about the opponent, but the stakes weren't nearly what they were. Uh, the opponent being that it was the playoffs wasn't nearly, you know, what it was. Um, but this is, this, this was, team. this was, this was, this was Bill's Patriots, you know, playoff blowout. Perfect. But just different. Yeah. All right. Different, a different kind of, different kind of perfect. This was more the ground, methodical. the ground, this was methodical. the ground. I mean, the yeah. ground, man, three dudes, three running backs. All right. Who did not look at all like they were going to be all right. The running back stable this year when training camp started. All right. Three running backs all involved, pounding the football. Um, you know, the 12 personnel. It's a major shift. It's yeah. a major shift right now. And I don't love, I don't love Dorsey enough to to feel like it's gonna be this seamless shift in philosophy. Um, but and I don't even know if it's the right one. There are people that don't think it's the right one, but it seems like the one for now, you know, when they get up, when they get up, they're going to, they're going to bang the football. Are they going to do it against Miami in, in two weeks? Um, not skipping over Washington. Cause yo, this team is capable of laying an egg on the road. All oh, right. Yeah, and we're right. It. We're right back in this, in panic mode. Um, but if things go as we hope, all right, and we're, we're we you expect. know we had into that Miami game. Expect we had into that Miami game at two and one. The offensive philosophy um, will be very very interesting. I mean, look, man, that's we just got to win next week. We got to have Buffalo and Miami. That's a nice, sexy, early, uh, meaningful. Very meaningful football game. We got to get there. Can't, can't, uh, got to get there two and one. A absolutely. You know, the Jets, I, I, I still feel to this day, you know, that the Jets, even with Aaron Rodgers down, that we didn't give them enough credit as a, a very good football team. I mean, obviously, they're not the same team with Zach Wilson, of course. I kind of feel like this week, too. I don't think the, you know, the Raiders aren't the, I was going to say the Arizona Cardinals, but as we were taping this, the Cardinals are absolutely fucking chillacking. Uh, the Giants. I have no idea what the score is right now because, again, we're taping this, uh, you know, around dinner time. But my point was is the Raiders are not a bad team. They beat Denver last week. They got one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Uh, they got one of the best receivers in the NFL. They got uh, a quarterback who wins. Jimmy Garoppolo is the third highest winning percentage of any active quarterback. They showed that stat before the game. And he was 3-0 and in debuts with, with teams, you know, joining new teams, too. They so still might be bad, bro. Yeah, I'm not saying they're not, they're not going <laughs> to still games. They still might be bad. Probably are. You know, speaking of bad, though, you know what? Division's looking really, although Washington just leveled up with, with Denver. So you were saying how oh. terrible they look. But, you know. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah, 21 oh, well. Um well. it, Boy, the, the NFC East is suddenly looking very top-heavy because if the Giants suck, all right, that's a big story in that, in, in the NFC East. But it's not that shocking. All right. You know, I, I think I think Dayball just kind of got stuck having to marry Daniel Jones. Um, but if 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 they they might suck, the Giants might suck and the commanders probably do. Yeah. too. So now we're now now it's two horse racing there. Man, I'm sorry, I wish we could have. I believe me, I, I don't want to extend 
uh, if it, it sounds like you've got wrap up in your voice, no, so no, I want to no, I want to no, stay there. But no, no, really. but there is there are worse oh. interesting results, bro. Yeah, there were some interesting results. So you got to own two. You got to own two Bengal team right now, man. Yeah, look, I I think you might have said this last week. Where you look at the Bills' schedule, you 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 let's just say you split with Miami and you split with the Jets, and then you sweep New England. There there's four wins, and then there were some games that you got to have, and that today was one of them. The Raiders, Washington is definitely a, a got to have game. I feel like at this point, the Giants on Sunday Night Football, the way they look, you you, you got to beat them. There's just no excuse to lose to them. You got Denver at home in prime time, and you got Tampa at home. Even though Tampa's two and zero right now to start the season, I think I think they beat Chicago today. Dead London trip's a funky, uh, it is funky one to figure. It is, but it's anyway, a, you know, cause it, especially if it's coming off a Miami loss, now you're you know you could potentially be at five hundred, and and you're kind of like. Sure. You know, fuck, man. <laughs> we, we, there's no, it's no home field advantage but here you, in London that I'm going to get to three and two. But, but if you look at it again, big picture, and you say you go four and two in the AFC East, again, you sweep New England, you sweep the others, you win those five games that I just said that are, should be easily winnable. They're all home games, too, except for Washington next week on the road. There's nine wins, and then you play these tough teams. You play Jacksonville. I still consider Jacksonville one of the quote unquote really tough games Jacksonville, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Philly, Dallas. You win three of those and you still get to 12 wins. So it's kind of like big picture how I'm looking at it. Um, I don't know. I guess one final takeaway, like, do you have, what's your single biggest takeaway from today in terms of watching this game and, and maybe how you feel about them that maybe you didn't feel about at 12.59 p.m.? Maybe it's something we already talked about, but like, what's your well, biggest it's, takeaway? You know, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think any, I don't think anybody's you know hanging on the edge of their seat to hear what it is. So I'll give a nice <laughs> boring one. I've given it several times already today. My biggest takeaway is the use of the running backs. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I, I completely agree. It's right there. Um, my ba- I, it could easily be that, but my biggest takeaway is uh just Josh Allen's body language. Just it looked like he was having fun playing football again. I think he learned a lot. When it's all said and done, I think he learned a lot from Monday. Um, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to throw ugly interceptions. He's going to take a bad sack because he holds on to the ball too long. But I, I think he's learned that he's got to get rid of it quick. You know what I mean? He's got to get rid of his mind. I mean, he's got he's got to move on quick. And that Jets game, it just everything seemed to stick with him. And in this game, he didn't really make many mistakes for us to see it. But uh, I, I feel like Josh Allen's kind of in fact it's the title of this episode kind of i said sarcastically growing up because dan orlowski told he said he's got kids got to grow up which i don't think he was wrong last week i thought yeah, his yeah, take, yeah, yeah. i thought Orlowski, it was a great take Orlowski but he, take he was growing up josh allen today that was my point so growing up josh allen uh was my single biggest takeaway we will start talking sabers by the way on this you name the episodes what do you mean yeah you said every, the name of the episodes yeah everyone up. everyone has a title i mean they're not I like, like it they're not all headline grabbing, you know, titles. Yeah, I think right. today's is like growing up. Josh Allen leads Bills to Raiders Rock or some shit like that. Um, Are we gonna get yelled at? Like, am I? Because I, because I am like, I'm a very, like, you know, socially aware guy, you mm-hmm. know. And I got, I got people out there. All mm-hmm. right. So I just want to make sure I'm not going to get accused of ignoring some of the some of the stories from the week about the Bills. Sure. Because I'm actually, you know what I mean. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I am fine. I don't want to talk about them. All right. I'm just saying time's up. All right. And this was about the bills, but I don't basically, I just don't want Joe wins to be mad at me 
All right. Because I ignored, because I ignored important real life shit from the week. Okay. There's a lot. That's of all. That's all I'm saying. All right. I don't ignore important real life shit. My man to here doesn't either. Um, but today was, was talking about the bills. I'm sure, I'm sure one of these days we'll be able to, to talk about things. Okay. I'm just no, going to no, 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 put you on the spot anyways. I'm just going to put you on the spot anyways. Terry Pagula's comments are proven to be true. Then he's, he, he's, he's gone. He's gone. Sold. If so, they're proven right? to be true. Okay. I, I don't. I, 100%. Look, all right. All right. As long as, as long as you can say that, because let me tell you something, bro. There's a lot of motherfuckers out there who wouldn't say that. Um, he's gone. It, it, I, if it's proven. I just, I, I, all right. Since we're here, I, I, I'm very comfortable with it that it's not too controversial or anything like that. I think Terry Pagula was a very easy target because of stupid shit that he says in the, said in the past. Now, I'm not here to denounce any of the things that Trotter brought up. All mm -hmm. right. But they are two different people removed. All right. And, and I'm just I, I'm that guy. All right. I am that guy. When things start to become it, you know, something you heard someone else, you know, someone else said and then, you know, they heard it secondhand man now you're on like four hands here so uh i'm glad that uh you know that they were immediately refuted um i don't really care about how often they're 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 talked about i really was bringing it up to uh just a joke and peace out but i saw you kind of like inviting um and yeah, I just, I guess I, I, you know, I guess I knew what the answer was going to be. Otherwise I wouldn't put you on the spot, but yeah, you know, I, there's just, there probably aren't enough people saying just so you know, all right. Um, if, if it's ever proven to be true, we got a real fucking problem on our hands. Cause they're probably gone, gone, gone. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, if that's proven to be true, gone. And I don't even think that's a question. And I know that was kind of almost like a, a rhetorical kind of question. I feel like that should at least it, 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 it should be a rhetorical I knew question. it was rhetorical to you, man, but not a lot of people out there. Probably. Agreed. That's fair. I'll say this. And it's not just this instance specifically. To me, one or two things need to happen. Either A, proof. And there's nothing against Jim Trotter. A, I'm not saying that he's lying. That's all. I want to put that out there too, okay? I, I may have called him Jeremiah, the former linebacker from the from the Eagles. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. If here's here's my deal. So if something like that is accused, a I want proof before I crucify not just Terry Bugle anybody. Either a give me proof or b other people start to emerge and say yeah. he okay. said this. He said that. Like that. The more like the more that. smoke there becomes, right? That's right, where the fire right, comes. Right, right. But if it's one singular person, no matter how respected this person may be who is very respected, but let's just, you know, he also has a really big beef with the NFL. I don't know enough about it to really offer opinions on that. What I'm saying is this, if, if multiple people start saying, well, yeah, Terry Bagula said this, then there's more smoke and now I'm ready for that fire to catch. Right, right now, a singular thing is certainly not enough to, to make me say, get rid of him, he should be gone, or he's this, or he's that. Quickly, I will say, you on your Facebook, and obviously nobody here really. I don't. At least most people aren't going to know. You know they don't follow. Uh, I was you all right. Facebook. I was I was all right with you showing no, that no, brief no, no, picture no, no, of no. my kids. I just don't. Uh, my video's not coming no, up. No, no, I, no, 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 my no, dissertation's not, not coming. I'm I know not going to play I your video. Bro. I know you wouldn't do that without telling me. No, no, no. I'm not going to play your video. But I will say that you made a video and you talked about, you know, whether Terry Bagula said that or not. The biggest problem is that a lot of people do hear that shit on a day to day basis what he was accused of saying. Those are things right, that right, right. we hear people hear all the time. 
And what you were calling out, you weren't even, this wasn't even necessarily about Terry Bagula. This was no. about shit that people hear all the time and that they do nothing and that they allow it. And basically what you're saying is you hear somebody say what Terry Bagula was accused of saying, you better call somebody out when, when you hear that shit. That's what leads to a lot of the bullshit that goes on in the society because we just, um, we just accept it or we just let it roll off. Our well, it's not me to said it. I'm not a racist. I didn't say that. You know, that's not how I am. But if you're one of your boys or any girls or something is, is walking around saying, you know, really ignorant shit like that. It's kind of your responsibility to, to call it out. Yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, thanks for, you know, uh, saying what you said about it. Um, you were complimentary of it. Um, I don't think you liked it though. All right. I, I just said, yeah, I want to, you know, I'm not sure that you liked it, liked it, which is the official. Tell the know, Facebook like, like, yeah, man. Oh, I don't even think. I know you're terrible with Facebook. Yeah, like. You're not very good with Facebook. I'm not on, I, I'm not on. And that's, that's, listen, that's, that's a big deal. Okay. That, that video. All right. Is a product of a former existence on social media that I just could not uh live with anymore all right i just just constant conflict i wasn't trying i wasn't educating you, you know what i mean i was just just hopping on people and shit like that mm -hmm. so you know that that that's a product of uh of taking it a little easier and stuff like that and it is fucking hard man it is so hard to call that shit out in in uncomfortable spots because you know it's just going to make everybody else uncomfortable when that happens mm -hmm. it puts a lot of tension in the room look i totally totally ruined everybody's bills Steelers opener like two or three years ago whatever it was not that the Steelers weren't doing a good enough job of ruining it themselves <laughs> you know what i mean but i i just i totally ruined the vibe by just losing it on a guy who made a very similar comment to those that were made by terry pagula um and i had there's quite a bit of fallout from that but it's look, it ain't easy, man. You want to fucking sit there and it, it's it ruin everybody's time. It's hard. All yeah. right. It, it's it's hard. And maybe the, you know, maybe a, a softer approach to educating that person, but like belittling them at the same time, because I just would have had to, um, you know, maybe that would have been the way to go. Maybe, a, maybe a more learned tone pucks, um, will act that way. But yeah, man, if it, you know, the Pagula thing offers us one thing, it, it certainly offers us, offers us an opportunity to look at it from a broader perspective. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, thanks for, you know, talking about it. One other thing too, unscripted, unscripted, man. Like we came into this one with nothing and I got a, I, I, I feel good about, uh, about how we rolled out here with absolutely nothing. Well, you know, what's kind of. I don't want to say inspired me, but maybe influenced me a little bit to, me, to at least me. Wanted, I mean, I just no. say it, just say it. I inspire you. No, it's not that it's, um, I know you or a lot of people may agree or disagree with a lot of what Tim Graham says on Twitter or what he talks about or does. But one thing I respect about Tim is Tim in a, in a, in a world full of bills, reporters and content creators that kind of, stay away from some things, which in fairness, I will defend to the end of the earth. Cause I do think, I don't think it's the a bills beat reporters responsibility to be, um, reporting or if there's news to report, they report on it, but offering their opinions on something when you're covering a team, you're not, you're, you're not, you're not a columnist, you're a beat reporter. But anyway, here, let me get to my point here. Tim is one of the few people on his show, on his podcast, uh, Tim Graham and friends who will talk about topics that most people stay away from on their shows, things such as the Bagula stuff, or and I'm actually not really the Bagula stuff, but stuff like Mike Williams, the premature death, you know, um, reporting a, a week before he actually died. He talked about that. 
He talked about, um, and which I'm going to ask you about before we go, the whole Stefan Diggs, Maddie Gap thing that went on this week with the hot mic. He talks about shit like that. A couple of years ago in 97 Rock, when, um, when you know, the racist comments that led to firings there, he had Marcel Louis Jacques on, and they had a great conversation about that. So anyway, my point was Tim doesn't shy away from those things. And I kind of want to, at least to some extent, be, be along, you know, the same lines as him. But I will say, when it comes to stuff like just going back to Bagula, for an example, the Buffalo News did do a story, and it might be, you might not like the story, but per them, per multiple sources, it was denied. I mean, it's, it's not like they didn't touch it. But I don't need Sal Capaccio or, or Matt Perino or Heather Prusak, people who cover the bills. I don't need their opinions on these. We're the Charlie Specs of the world. You know, the uh, is Lou Moretti still, he's still around? Uh, I don't know. I, I know the names, but, but you couldn't, know even, put saying, him, couldn't even put them to the network. There's a place where for people to do that. That's, the, that's their work. It's, it's not Sal Capaccio's work to be offering his opinion. Oh, uh, Lou Moretti, uh, uh, the like now, I, now I remember who you mean. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm, look, no, I'm, in, I'm in total agreement with you yeah. on that, man. I'm in total agree let, let, let me ask you, before that. we get out of here, because obviously the hot mic thing was a big, big story this week. I think it got way bigger than it ever should have been. Um, Maddie made some uh, comments that offended Stefan Diggs. Everyone I've talked to, and I've talked to multiple people that know Maddie well, say that those we're not meant with malice that it was kind of more tongue in cheek, like Steph, I'll say fuck off, you know, F you to everybody and stuff like that. That's the, um, that's what I was told. And, and I completely believe that. I don't know Maddie well, so I can't offer my opinion on that. I'm just telling you what other people have said. It was more tongue in cheek. And sometimes when you hear nasty comments, they got to be done with context and, and intent and purpose. Anyway, Stefan um, tweeted, it became a national story after that. He was offended and he has a right to be bad defend himself i got no issue with that i think my issue was with the bills allowing it to get to that point like how there's like seems to be a disconnect at times between players and this organization i feel like it should have been handled in-house like maddie she she immediately apologized and it felt heartfelt on twitter i don't she obviously didn't go to stefan directly like why this organization should have never came down to stefan dick's tweeting and i'm sure he didn't do the bills any favors with these tweets, but again, it's kind of a touchy topic because he has a right to defend himself. So what's, what's your opinion on how this played out all week, which by the way, she wasn't on and we're taping this Sunday. I don't know if news will break, but she wasn't involved in the, in the bills post game this week. So I don't know if she's fired or suspended for a certain amount of time or what, as we tape this, but what's your take on that? Um, it, I wasn't super engaged with the story. It mm -hmm. wasn't that interesting to me. Right. It, it just wasn't Agreed. the fact that it happened. All right, right, like a day or two after the Pagula stuff, you know, a lot of people's radars were up. All right, you've got, uh, you know, there's just there's just an element of that unease that came into this story. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt like it was, and I'm not big a big fan of 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 hers. I just don't listen to a ton of 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 that show. Mm -hmm. um, but I do, uh, I, I you know, I do think she is you know, well-respected in the, in the room. And I think, um, that it was just really, really, uh, taken out of context, man. It sounds to me like someone was saying, you know, or in, almost implying, Hey, you know, you're the, you're the bills per person here. Why don't, why don't you be the one who says, Hey, Steph, you, you get out, you get over here. And her response was, let me tell you what he would tell me. All right. If I approach Steph that way, and then she followed that up by saying, well, 
That's how he treats everyone. Uh, my my thought on that was that's how he treats Bill's insiders just the same as he treats, you know, a network. That's how he treats everyone mm -hmm. in the media. Not like he's an asshole to him, but rather, you know, he doesn't play favorites. Totally, totally taken out of context. Um, the Bills rarely make the mistake of uh, uh, of not getting out in front of these things, but I think they 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 froze for a second here. Um, there's only it's it's just it's just Steph. All right, it's just. It's 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 what's up with Steph right now. Anyone who thought that all that shit was swept under the rug, man, I'm sorry. There was just there was too much animosity there over too long a period of time for simply reconvening for a training camp and a few conversations. All right, was going to change that. It's the worst possible person for it to have happened with because you know things are still you know a little tenuous there. Um, but winning helps a lot. I would be, it would bother me. All right. And, and a lot of things don't, um, it, it would bother me if she was fired. Yeah. To it's lose not career, not, not fireable. No, I agree. I feel like if this, instead of a hot mic vocally, if this was a tweet, she sent out to people, I feel like it would have ended with an LOL. Or like a a, a wiki, yes, or something like that. I just, yes. I just, my opinion. Yes. If if her if those words, if those spoken words had an emoji with them, how funny is that? Though, what do people always say about text? Well, you just can't get people's real, you know, what they're really thinking from a text. Well, In this now, case, it's, now, and now it's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, I bet you would have been better. All right, than just a hot mic. In this case, I, uh, yeah, I, I hundred percent think text would have actually provided more context and words. Uh, for once, I would advise people, you want to hear some really good takes on this. Um, Again, go back last week on Friday. I'll maybe I'll put a link in the show notes. Go listen to Tim Graham's show from last Friday. I, I thought he had a lot of interesting things to say. And he wasn't critical of Stefan. Again, he talked about Stefan has been nothing but professional with him before. It's not like he has any beef with uh, Stefan. Tim kind of fanned the flames on Twitter a little bit too. Got that yeah. story going, just fighting with fans. But that's that's Tim. That's just... That, 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 <laughs> yo, I, give, I know you're always like... You always have like a, a little precursor before you're going to compliment Tim with me because, you know, because because he got, he I'm one of the guys, you know, the one of the many. All right. That he let have it on Twitter one time. I don't even remember what I was complaining about. I didn't really take it personally. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I mean, like Tim's becoming like the young godfather of the local me of the local media. But, you know, it, it's nice. And and, you know, the 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 evolving affiliations that these journalists have, especially the good ones, um, with places that let them speak more freely. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, yeah, you know, I think of like Larry Felcher or something like that is, is as much as he, you know, walked on water here, uh, you know what I mean? He still had a boss. He still, you know, not that Tim doesn't have a boss, but his boss was the Buffalo News. Yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. he had to be careful. He had, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? There were interests there. Um, I think Tim is, uh, has a lot more freedom with, you know, with the business model of a, of a place like the athletic. Um, and he's the right person to have that freedom because even though I don't listen to it, why should Tim be any different than listening to you? Even though I don't listen to it, I, I bet you it is, it is very well laid out, uh, and very fair, very well thought out. Um, and I'm, I'm glad, man, I'm glad there's someone that, 
uh, you know, that talks about it. But we just did it, right? Yeah. I mean, we just did it. Just two regular-ass dudes, all right? Yeah. Went from talking football. Well, we ain't got I had no much. intention of, of doing it, but we just found ourselves in a, in, in a sensitive conversation, and I don't think we, uh, you know, necessarily failed in it. So, you know, for those people out there that are saying, hey, why can't every Bill's content dude have that conversation just to let us know, all right, that your answer to my, you know, hypothetical question to you would be the same for everybody? All right, then I don't know that that's necessarily an unfair expectation. Yeah, have. for sure. And look, I, the pantry pat's coming out at me yeah, again. Baby. Because I yeah. also, at the same token, I listen to, it's always game day in Buffalo because I want to hear Sal and Matt talk football. Yeah, you I know? get and you. I want to shout, you. shout. I want to hear Matt Marino talk about football, man. We'll have these conversations. I'm good with that. What's that pink shit you drink over there last two episodes? Is it just pink lemonade or is yeah. it a is it a Kool-Aid kind of thing? It's uh, crystal light. No, no sugar. Yeah, were you a Frazier guy? We're going, we're going, we're signing off now. But oh, I'm looking at my fuck. retro stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't even mind the fact that this. Uh, well, no, we've been a little casual lately. So yeah, bringing Frazier in uh, isn't isn't as choppy as the John Cougar Mellencamp of last <laughs> week. I was totally a Frazier guy. Fucking hilarious show, incredibly well formed characters. The dialogue, the snooty northeastern dialogue, now out in the Pacific. Uh, you know, Northwest, it, it, the whole thing worked for me, man. Great show. And, and, uh, you know, it didn't have the big, uh, you know, the massive storyline of like a mass or something like that, but an absolutely fabulous series finale. All right. A fabulous one that makes you say, oh yeah. Like, like a happy ending, not Sam saying, sorry, we're all closed. You know, how the yeah, most yeah. finales have a little bit of sadness to it. Fraser, I mean, look, man, if you haven't seen it yet, sorry. All right. <laughs> the, the the episode is broke down and he's either staying out there in, in Seattle, all right, and taking a promotion, or he's going to follow a love interest that, you know, that that really he thinks there could be something with. Mm -hmm. And it comes right down till him to, to him being on the plane and talking to his, uh, you know, to his, uh, to the passenger next to him on the plane about, you know, how so many things favored staying in Seattle. But then as the show concludes, you hear it come over the plane. Do you remember this at all? Yeah, but I, I, as you're the, saying, it, it, it comes over, it comes over the, the plane that he ends up in the city to pursue the love interest. And you're just like, fuck. <laughs> it was, Fraser was a great television I show. I love happy endings, man. I, I, if you're going to watch a series, unless it's like a drama, then I get it. But when you're watching a comedy, a sitcom, Give me a happy ending, man. I, I, I don't want to be yeah, sad. Absolutely. Sad at the end. Anyway, that debuted 30 years ago today. That was Ooh. kind of my point. Um, <laughs> 30 years ago today. That Feeling debuted. it. And one other one that debuted thir was 39 years ago. I wasn't a big fan of it, but Miami Vice. Never did. Never it, did. Man. But wasn't, I will say this. Wasn't my thing. You, I, knowing you growing up with you as t in your teenage years, you never rocked on any Don Johnson gear, did you? Nah, nah. I, I, I it even was struggled. Whack, I, had one. I, I even struggled with you know rolling up pants and stuff like that, which I, I know wasn't necessarily my Miami Vice, but it, it's the same type of of especially the same era. Yeah, you know what I mean. Pants rolling up and shit like that. Like, you know, Miami Vice. You know what the, the local Miami Vice was? What in Buffalo? Because we wore sweatshirts. We couldn't fucking wear t-shirts and sport jackets. Right. All right. What was <laughs> what was the Miami Vice gear? For like you know, for for this region, that kind of said you were Miami Vicey. I don't remember. I owe you, bro. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I owe you. I owe you. If Don Johnson, Miami Vice would have been like Don Johnson on like an ice cutter in the fucking Northeast. All right, he would have been rocking an IOU shirt. Miami Vice wasn't a great show, but it had a huge influence on fashion for that time. And good music, too. Plus, it was one of the first TV shows that really Dude, still dressed him like that. Yeah. And dudes yeah. out there still dressed. Not Don Johnson. Don, no, oh. just general, man. Oh. You know oh, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it yeah, became yeah. a look. It, it became a look. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, between the music, they would have, like, Phil. I remember Phil Collins was on there. There, there was a lot of good Overrated. Music. Phil? Um, I don't, that's I, not I, terrible. I, I don't. Compl- I don't completely. I, I don't completely agree, but that's not the worst music take I could think of. Um, all right, let's get out of here. Yeah, all right, we're gonna get out. <laughs> that is gonna do it. All right, everybody, give Tone Bucks a follow. You get no, him up. Get him no, up. Get him no. up to twenty-two followers. No. No, at at Tone Bucks. No. <laughs> Thank no, you to all you guys. That's good enough. Thank you everybody for watching and listening again. It's always much more fun. Not gonna even try to front and lie about how you know gonna be objective and it don't matter if the Bills win or lose. Bullshit. It does matter if the Bills win or lose. The Bills win. It makes for a uh, a fun week here and a, and a long week coming up on the podcast. I'm gonna have Anthony Marino with me uh, tomorrow Thursday night live, which me and Tone will start to break down some uh, hockey pretty soon. Looking forward to that. But anyway, Chris Baker is gonna be with me live Thursday night from Imperial. We will be talking uh, Sabres prospect challenge. So uh, a, a big week coming up. Talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.